What does the holiday season mean to you? Despite the ads and lights pushing forward a mindset of happiness and cheer, this can be one of the toughest times of the year for trauma survivors, especially for those of us that are awake to the abuse and coming to terms with the reality of how bad it was and how bad it still is. I have found that during this time, there is a lot of pressure behind appeasing and tiptoeing around the most toxic people in the room for the sake of quote-unquote, it being the holiday season. When you begin healing, that pressure can feel asphyxiating, as personally, the more I heal and learn, the less I can tolerate abuse and toxic behavior. This week, I will do a deep dive of the film How the Grinch Stole Christmas, along with a holiday survival guide for anyone navigating or helping a loved one navigate a difficult holiday season. Hi, I am Raisa, a survivor of narcissistic abuse, and I have complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and you are listening to Hello Trauma Brain, a podcast where I share my experiences living with complex PTSD. My hope is this podcast can help destigmatize mental health and provide support to anyone diagnosed with CPTSD who thinks they might have it or has a loved one with this diagnosis. Quick reminder, I am not a licensed psychologist or mental health care professional, and this podcast is not meant to replace nor substitute the care of psychologists, other mental or medical health care professionals. If you think you might have complex PTSD or PTSD, please reach out to your primary care or mental health care provider. Any individuals and resources mentioned in this episode are not sponsoring Hello Trauma Brain. This episode may reference trauma or abuse, and listener discretion is advised. Remember, you can always pause or skip this episode at any time. And now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, dear survivors, and welcome to this episode of Hello, Trauma Brain. Thank you for joining me today. If you are listening on YouTube, a gentle reminder to hit the like button to let me know this episode was helpful. Quick check-in. The struggle is real, y'all. Oh, my word. This weekend has been hard. I I had a shame attack that for those of you that are on the Instagram or following Hello Trauma Brain on Instagram, you actually got like a minute clip on what that looked like for me. And it came out of a few things. Uh, one of them was I had a I had some conflict or solution with someone that I love so much and this is a safe person <laughs> and it's still so fucking hard and I also was playing holiday parties uh, during the season I didn't do a lot of holiday gigs this year but um, I did I did do one holiday party this weekend in particular and let me tell you it's really hard to entertain sing and dance around when inside you're in grief mode. My body had a literal shutdown this weekend during my show. And it doesn't get any louder than actually fainting to realize that it was a lot. Even driving there was was a trigger. And I'm struggling. Even podcasting, I'm behind schedule. I ideally by now I would have recorded this. And I would be editing tonight. And I'm recording this now. And it's going to be it's going to be tight but i'm going to do my best to to get this out and if if you are listening to this on thursday that means i did it <laughs> i hope i do ah uh, i'm going to continue the spirit of being real i haven't even decorated i haven't decorated the tree's not up the nutcrackers are still put away uh the the few twinkle lights i have are the ones that i just left throughout the year i haven't done any decorations for the holiday I did send some cards and and I've I've gotten some of the gifts 
shopped for but oh my gosh is yeah this this is late this is like i'm recording this on monday december the 18th i know by the time this comes out it's gonna be even later and i can tell you this right now by the time you're listening to this if you're listening like right on thursday the tree's not gonna come up <laughs> by thursday if if the tree makes it up it's gonna be this weekend i think i think i can do it i think i, I think i'll be able to but man what a struggle and today it's going to be all about holiday prep and the holiday season. And I will be doing the monthly illustration, which, by the way, I almost forgot about the movie this month, but I, I remember right on time. And this month, I will be featuring the movie How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 live action adaptation of the children's tale by Dr. Seuss. And this is the film featuring Jim Carrey. I saw this movie, I want to say once when I was young, and quite frankly, I didn't understand a lot of what was happening. I didn't grow up with Dr. Seuss. That was not a thing for me growing up in, in Puerto Rico. And even though um, I did end up going to a bilingual high school, like that was high school year, so I, I completely missed on the whole kids, kids stuff, or at least the Dr. Seuss books. And if there was any when I was growing up, I don't remember them. So... I rewatch the the Grinch movie last year and uh, basically it was for a film club that I was doing at the time and I'm not going to be rewatching the movie this year for for purposes of doing this podcast episode I'm just going to recycle the notes that I have from last year and one of the reasons is besides the the time sake uh the real reason is I remember watching this last year it was pretty triggering and problematic for me and I think part of the reason is so triggering is now that I have all this knowledge, it really makes it hard to watch content. I don't know if this is happening to anyone listening, but personally, I I will say I was very desensitized to a lot of problematic content with abusive people being like the main character of the thing. And I used to watch that with like no perception of how fucked up it was <laughs> and now I'm like oh oh that's that's bad holy shit like I used to watch this while having like my meals I can't do that anymore and yeah without without further delay let's Let's dive in into the film first. So I will be doing also with this episode a survival guide for the holidays, but um, I'm going to first dive in into the movie and then work my way through some tips for, for those of you navigating uh, holidays with difficult people this year. So let's talk about The Grinch. No empathy is pretty much the theme of this individual. One of the many scenes <laughs> was right in your faces when Cindy's going down the machine and the Grinch was pretty much heading out and a part of me was just freaking the F out because all I could think was this child is going to get so fucking hurt. Like, I mean, I know it's a movie. I understand. <laughs> let me let, let me add to this. I am a highly sensitive person too, so I, I really feel feel this stuff and to me seeing a child being potentially in, going inside of, of a machine and the potential of how hurt Cindy could have been it just I was just freaking the f out and I I couldn't grasp how the Grinch was just walking away um other things that the Grinch did I mean there's so many things the Grinch did but but even like the messing with people's mail and <laughs> one thing that I, I I highlighted from my notes last year was the dog had more empathy than the fucking Grinch. Like, take that in. The fucking dog had more empathy. Wow. The Grinch does a lot of blame shifting. And I, I have to say, like, to me, uh, the Grinch was very narcissistic all throughout. And you see that projection and deflection, like, when the Grinch is, like, yelling at Cindy for taking things that don't belong to her when he's actually the one doing that. That's like projection 101. Something that the Grinch did too in the movie was be so mean when shown gratitude. And this is one of those things where like you do get to see the back story of the Grinch and understand some some of the things going on for, for, for them. But uh, before I go down that rabbit hole, 
let me let me talk about a few other things that I noticed that were problematic and toxic with the Grinch. And before I keep going, let me just point out this is supposed to be a children's movie. I have to say there's a lot of elements to <laughs> to the film that are kind of adulty, not kind of, they are adult theme. Like even the the bath gown was see-through. <laughs> Wow, that's, that's pretty out there. I mean, it's it's a whole costume. It's a, it, I, I get it. But a part of me was like, wow, <laughs> am I really seeing this? Is this supposed to be for my kids? I mean, I don't have any kids, but if I had kids, I don't think I don't think this movie would make it into the roster for, for, for quite a while. I think they would have to like find it on their own as adults or maybe like teenagers. There are some things in there that I, I really wasn't okay with. And quite frankly, I wasn't okay with as an adult watching it either. So it's not even about, you know, child versus adult. The Grinch, one of the things I noticed he was doing, uh, this is towards like the, the beginning when there, you get to see where he lives. Something he did that I thought was fascinating was how he talked to Max and even his own ego, like himself. He would kind of like have a conversation with himself. And to me, it was a bit of an eye-opening scene because I actually know someone who does that. Like I, I, one of my abusers in particular, they have conversations with themselves. And if anybody pointed that out, they would get very ragey and defensive about it. And when I saw the Grinch doing it, I was like, oh my gosh, even the Grinch does it. Can't make this shit up. <laughs> so, going into the backstory of the Grinch, and before I go into this, I want to be very clear where I stand on this. I think that abuse is abuse, and nothing excuses abuse. Even though in the movie they show the backstory, and the way it landed for me was to kind of like build some empathy towards the Grinch and how he became the way he was. I, it's still not okay for him <laughs> to be doing all this stuff that he's doing um, as an adult and, and being so abusive to other people. However, I will I will point out the the highlights from from his backstory is it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of what I have found in my research in terms of one of the most popular questions I've noticed in the narcissistic abuse realm is. How do they become narcissistic? What happened? And a lot of people ask that question from a from a lens of understanding how their abuser became the way they are. And also, how do you prevent this? Like some people have children and they're trying to figure out, you know, is there anything that you can do to prevent this from happening? One of the things that I've heard Dr. Ramani point out when she's answering this question, and by the way, the answer is, it is complicated. There's a lot of ways you can end up as a narcissist, and there's there's just not one size fits all path to that to that end outcome. But one of the one of the pieces that seems to be an indicator is the temperament. And we're all born with a temperament. And I have to say, at least from the Grinch movie, like the Grinch had a pretty troubled temperament. Like growing like growing up, you could you could tell that they had like that that anger was already there in a way. And there was that mischievousness to the Grinch. Like when people describe me as a as a baby, I obviously don't remember that time of my life, but when I've had people describe it to me, like they tend to say that I was a really sweet baby very very agreeable and laughing all the time it was just that was my temperament I've I've been I've been that baby well, I guess I've, I've been that person <laughs> since I was born and uh and and one one of the ways it can happen is like if, if a baby has a difficult temperament it can lead to be the kid pointed out as the troubled child in a classroom or it can be the kid that's getting the most punishment or the kids that's getting yelled at the most in a room like everybody's just focusing on this kid trying to get them to stop and you know that can aggravate that temperament and in the Grinch's scenario and in, 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 in their particular childhood there is a lot of neglect like even the night that he was born there was a lot of neglect there the parents were not 100% there and uh you could see and you can see the rage that the grinch had building and how he would take it out on christmas as as an overall thing and i will say from looking at the backstory of the grinch it shows trauma and that's a path to being narcissistic. Some narcissistic people, that is how they became that way. Like there was a lot of trauma in their life and that's 
definitely what I took from from this film. Like that was the the path that led to a lot of the narcissism and the Grinch. But again, the backstory and what happened to them is not an excuse for abusing anyone. Like it's not a get out of jail free card to do whatever you want and abuse everybody and take out your your trauma and your backstory on the rest of the world perpetually for the rest of time. It's just, yeah, I definitely don't abide to that. Now, one of the things that I that really oof, <laughs> infuriated me personally was when I heard the mother saying things like, well, you know, your parents, they clothed you, they nursed you, which is something that a lot of childhood trauma survivors hear is that, well, they put a roof under your head and they did have meals on the table and you did go to school with clean clothes. And let me tell you why that's so problematic for me. That's the basics. And that didn't quite sink with me until I heard Ramani say in one of her videos that an orphanage would do that much. When I heard that, I was like, oh, 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 wow, that's right. Like food, shelter, and clean clothes, fuck, that, that is the basics. The hard stuff is being present, being emotionally supportive being a safe person that you can do conflict with that does healthy modeling the emotional labor of parenting that's the hard part and I'm not saying that from a place of oh that's just luxurious and you know you're lucky to have it like that's actually something that that comes with the realm that tends to be lacking and it gets justified away based on whether you had a plate with some food on it and and somebody doing the laundry for you now, the Grinch exhibits a lot of behaviors that I, I consider kind of like the trauma manifesting itself in, in the adult life of, of the Grinch. And uh, I saw a lot of avoidance behavior in the movie, like trying to repress the memories with substances. There was self-harm. The, the Grinch is just wrecking relationships. Just There's this fear of connecting. And even when Cindy's like trying to, to connect with him, he's pushing and pushing away that avoidant behavior. The Even the schedule of the Grinch has self-loathing. And the reason self-loathing is such an important word is because I often hear um, people like Dr. Ramani describe narcissism as this self-loathing like that's like the main theme the self-loathing going on in the background or sometimes not even in the background like right in your face right and I I thought it was interesting that if all the words they could have picked for the schedule of the Grinch self-loathing was in there another thing that the Grinch exhibits is the problem making decisions which for me with CPTSD that's a big (laughs) it's a big issue for me and that lack of empathy oh my gosh just like the Grinch even like pushing the kids in the sack race. It's just no awareness of the people around them and how 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 he impacts them. It's this like focused tunnel vision towards their motivations and their goals. And, you know, everybody get get out of the effing way. Like I'm I'm coming. And this is for me. And moving on, one thing that I noticed about the Grinch was that he actually had a bit of a truth telling capacity growing up which I think led to this the scapegoating. Like he called out the avarice going on in the town. One thing that I did not like, and this this is the scene that I, this is where I'm, I'm telling you, like even as an adult, this, this was really hard to watch. There is a scene, I won't describe it, but there's a scene with the dog and the mayor. And let me tell you, I, it was, <laughs> that did not age well. I don't even think it, it had its time back then. I can't believe that made it into the cut. And I, I don't want to judge these people for the choices they made. But, oh, that scene. that Yeah, I, I could do without that scene. That was really awful. And it's just, just the, the violation in that scene was, was off the charts. And my empathy for that poor animal. Because that poor animal took so much abuse. Like, let me tell you, I just like the dog had more empathy than the fucking Grinch. How the Grinch took out so much on that poor animal broke me i just wanted to take that poor animal and find him a nice loving family that wasn't abusing him because the dog took quite a bit and one of the things i noticed was even when the dog was having a good time like the grinch couldn't handle it it couldn't even see the fucking dog being happy and this is the thing with narcissistic people like if they are fucking miserable and not having a good time nobody 
gets to have a good time. Not even the fucking dog. And that's how it was in the movie. The dog was having a jolly time and he did not stop until the dog was miserable with him too. How he made the dog push this heavy ass fucking sled. He wasn't even helping. It was just fucking awful. It really was fucking awful. As you can tell, I'm very opinionated about the treatment of this dog. Now, one thing that I've heard Dr. Romani say when she's talking about working with actual narcissistic people as clients is that the more work they do, the deeper they go, they actually become very depressed. And it's really sad because that's the whole, that's the whole shebang of the thing. Like this is what they were avoiding this whole time. And when they start looking at either what happened to them or what's was really going on internally, it's it's painful. And you see that in the Grinch, like the when the Grinch finally feels something in, in their heart, it looks like a painful experience to him. Like it, it looks really, really awful. And I think that's a cinematic portrayal of what what it would feel like for someone who's who's narcissistic to really start getting in touch with what's really happening inside of them. Like if I had to categorize the Grinch, he's the the lack of empathy starts tilting towards like the no empathy. So I say he might be more on the antisocial personality disorder realm. And again, I'm not a therapist and this is a fictional entity, so I'm I'm really just <laughs> going hypothetical here. But one thing that if I had to say which flavor of narcissism, I see a lot of vulnerable narcissism in the Grinch too. And, you know, he he's, he devalues himself a lot too. And it's, it's this like very woe is me um, presentation. But then he's, again, I think, I think he's got some antisocial traits in there too. And one thing that came up in the discussion when I did the film club last year and, um, uh, long story short, I used to lead uh, a monthly film club. I didn't do it for very long. I'm not doing it anymore. I remember having people mention or say like, you know, the heart did grow and he did change and maybe he wasn't a narcissist. And I think that's such a fascinating thing to point out. And um, I'm curious to hear what you think. Um, I will say, and this this is where I'm, um, uh, this is my two cents on the matter. Even though in this fictional story, like, the heart grew, I forget how many sizes, three sizes, 10 sizes. It, it grew a few sizes. <laughs> but put it that way. When it grew, he, I, I still didn't see this consistent change. Like he's still the Grinch. I remember he said to the dog, to Max, I love you. And then right away he says, then beat it. And it's like, yep, he, he hasn't changed. <laughs> it's like, that makes me think of that rubber band theory. Like I've heard Ramani. I know I talk about Ramani a lot, but it's just the woman has so much knowledge. How can you not? Ramani talks about like personalities. It's, it's, it's kind of like when you take a rubber band and you're stretching it out and you can see some change when you're doing the stretching, right? But the moment you let go. Like something stressful comes or something comes and puts tension and you let go, the rubber band goes back. And that is why the whole debate about whether narcissists can change, it doesn't look very great in terms of the outcome or the likelihood that change can be very easy to do because we're talking about a personality style here. And, you know, just like for me, it would be really hard to make me <laughs> antagonistic it's just, it would be really hard the other way too. Like, like, think about that. Like if somebody was to ask you to change your personality, let's just say, you know, you're, you, you are the way you are. And if somebody goes, oh, let's, let's take a three day, you know, intense course retreat somewhere. And you're going to come back and change your whole personality, you know, within, within three days and basically becoming like a whole new person. That's going to be a tall order for any human being. And then on top of that, we're dealing with the fact that narcissistic personality styles are on the rigid end of the spectrum. So their personality styles that are not likely to change. And um, yeah, I, I, I say if, if I was to, to answer the question of can the Grinch change, uh, I would say ish. The way it looked to me is like, not even in a fictional magical world where like magic can make your heart grow. <laughs> can the Grinch just become a sweet person, not do a, a snapping back to his old ways? Now, I think in the movie, at least the, what they want to portray is that he changed enough that now he can be a part of the society. And 
Heck, if you find someone who, who does that, that level of change, great. But I want to point out, and not even in the fictional story, the Grinch become a completely different being. I want to caution you with, with seeing messages like this and thinking like, oh, maybe, you know, in my situation, it can happen. I caution you towards that line of thinking. And I'm saying this from, from a place of, I know in the past I have stuck around for way longer than I should have. Because I really believe that people could change. And I really believe that if I gave enough of myself and I was patient enough, I could I could make a miracle happen. And let me tell you, I've wasted a lot of my life, a lot of energy, a lot of emotional bandwidth, and a lot of my mental health went down the drain trying to make that work. And now I, I have learned the hard way that people need to want to change and really want to put in the work to be able to take the steps in the right direction. And that's not even a guaranteed that the change is going to be enough for me. And at this point, I am more focused on how do I need to address my symptoms and the stuff that I have going on because I I will be honest I I have been toxic too I have had my my share of moments where I was not graceful and I didn't get it right and I hurt other people with my actions and my words and my behavior and I can't address me if I keep focusing on changing someone else so that being said Let's talk about Cindy Lou Who. This poor fucking girl. The truth teller of the story. One of the first things I think that I think this is one of the first lines she says. Like her family's getting ready for Christmas. They're all very excited about it. And she's not really that pumped about Christmas. And she even asked her dad, like, doesn't it seem a bit much? And she's constantly pointing out through the movie all the cracks in in the town and in the people around her she even calls out the mayor when uh when she points out how they made up a policy where the Grinch was not being able to get the award now the thing with Cindy Lou that really worries me is how much of a fawner she is with the Grinch I mean if you want to see a fawner look at this girl she is trying to win over Someone who is being abusive the entire fucking film. Doesn't matter how abusive he is. He's putting her life in literal danger. And she's still trying to win him over. She still justifies it. Like even the incident with the with the machine. Like he was responsible for her going inside the machine. He actually took off. And I forget why he came back. Either the dog made him. I honestly, I, I saw this a year ago. I can't remember. But I remember he comes back. He pulls her out of the machine. And she actually thinks he saved her. And a part of me is like, no, sweetie, he actually threw you in into the machine, which let's point that out. Trauma bonding. That was the ultimate trauma bonding where the abuser hurts the person, but they're also the person who, quote unquote, rescues them and sues them and is there to support them through getting over what happened. And that's that's pretty much how that works. That's how you get confused and, and you're like, but wait, but they were nice to me, but maybe they didn't mean it. And that's how you kind of get caught into that whole thing. And Cindy Lou, that poor girl, is just fawning and justifying the whole film. She's a good kid. She's a sweet, empathetic kiddo. And... It's just really sad because it's she's not a great judge of character, <laughs> and I have a I have a lot of compassion for that because I I honestly I've been a bad judge of character in in the past. Heck, I I still can be. I mean, I'm not immune to this shit yet. I for all I know, tomorrow I <laughs> I make the same mistake again and I let someone else into my life that turns out to not be good for me a few months down the line, or well, hopefully hopefully it doesn't even take months, right? But Quite frankly, I don't, I can't guarantee that, you know, I can just pick it up with a snap of fingers because I still get it wrong. Moving on to the town. Whoville, a lot of problems here. We've got a town that has a lot of toxic positivity. These people are all about Christmas and this pressure of Christmas needs to be cheerful and jolly and you'll hear my take on that in a bit. 
but the town the town has very poor boundaries you know for example the the grinch says no and they keep going and and they're they're forcing people into into getting on board with this whole christmas thing the kids are doing all these pranks defacing property one of my notes say playing with matches is considered better than provoking the grinch and that highlights how disturbed their their perception their priorities are like playing with matches is pretty dangerous and when you are minimizing the dangers of that you know by by comparing it to provoking quote-unquote the Grinch like that points out to some problematic thinking patterns moving on to two other characters I wanted to briefly mention the mom Cindy's mom Betty one thing I noticed about her was that she seemed like a very neglectful parent. And and there there was a lot of self-absorbed behaviors for her that I noticed and that jealousy towards other people. Like she had this obsession about having the best light show. And it kind of gave me that like grandiose narcissistic vibe a little bit. Another character that I thought was very narcissistic too was the Mayor Augustus. He had all the the top notes of being a bully and entitled. He was definitely love bombing Martha. And I noticed how he was trying to like rush things and move things quickly, which is like, you know, your classical presentation of love bombing. And there was that bullying like as a kid with the Grinch. And even as an adult, it's just that still that pattern was was there. And again, you know, very problematic. And one thing that I have heard with narcissistic people is that they like to be in powerful positions they like to be leaders and it's about that power control dynamic and I mean being the mayor of the town you don't get any more <laughs> powerful and in, in Whoville than than being the the top notch of the whole thing right now if you cannot tell already <laughs> it's not my favorite film quite frankly I I picked it last year because I knew it would it would be a good movie in terms of you know I knew I would have things I could pull to talk about narcissistic abuse and toxic behavior, etc. However, like if I had to pick like favorite Christmas movies, I have to say one that has become one of my my favorite movies, and it's a recent animated film. It's called Klaus, and it's a K L A U S, and it's on Netflix. And uh, that came out maybe like three years ago, I want to say. And I I started making a habit out of watching it every year. So I'll be watching it again this year. But um, yeah, I it's hard to find a holiday movie that I like, honestly, especially now. And The Grinch is definitely not it. However, I do want to point out what The Grinch really represents. And, and I think that's the main reason I, I still use this movie for, for this year's um podcast episode around the holiday season the Grinch is almost like that person in the room that everybody's trying to win over and just keep calm so they don't explode and you know that way the trains can keep running on time and they're also someone who is extremely problematic and very volatile that's here's the here's the thing and for many years, I, I thought I could crack the code on, you know, I, I, I could figure out how to, how to keep them calm. There is no keeping them calm. Anything can make them explode. And one of the most powerful tools I got was accepting and actually expecting for them to blow up because that was about the only guaranteed outcome. And with that being said, I want to transition into how to deal with toxic people during the holiday season. Consider this your 2023 holiday survival guide from, from Risa over here and Hello Trauma Brain. I want to offer something to those of you that are going to be spending the holidays with someone toxic. I want to offer something to those of you that are not going to be doing any any gatherings with toxic people. Um, it could even look like not gathering with anybody. And I also want to offer something to those of you that are still deciding or are thinking about changing your decision. So, manage your expectations. You can't unsee it. Once you start learning the stuff, your tolerance for abuse will decrease and count on it. It will be tougher to be in the room with these people. Trust me, it's going to hit harder. And in the movie, in the like when the Grinch steals the presents and the tree and all the other stuff 
the Hu people still celebrated and sang. That's managing your expectations. That's not letting that toxic person control the outcome. Even when they're exploding and doing the thing. This doesn't mean that it won't hurt. I'm sure the Hu people were really sad when they woke up and they didn't see their trees and their houses. And the, and the gifts and the stuff that they had worked so hard to, to put up in their homes. It still hurts. But when you are managing your expectations and you're almost expecting it, that shock value can help. And also holding on to what you can control and you can still celebrate, even if it is internally, like the who people are actually singing to the point that he can hear them from the mountain. Like you can be singing internally and and they don't have to see it. And that's okay. Two things can be true. You can be sad and, and, and feel hurt if they are acting up. And you can also internally be like, this is not about me. And I'm going to sing inside of me. And that's okay. If you are planning on setting boundaries, which are a very healthy thing to do, also expect the fireworks, especially if it's the first time that you're setting boundaries. And let me briefly mention this, even though I want to make a whole episode on boundaries. Something that I I know has been a, a game changer for me in understanding boundaries is requests are not boundaries. So if you, for example... Let's just say you go to the gathering and you say that it makes you uncomfortable when they comment about your body and you would appreciate if they didn't do that this year. That's a request. The boundary is what happens when the other people don't respect that request or they don't honor that request. So let's just say you you told someone that you would appreciate not getting comments about your body. And the first thing that comes out of their mouth the moment the dessert comes out on the table is, oh, so-and-so I guess can't have dessert. They're going to look a little bit chubbier than, <laughs> than they did last year if they have some. Oh, wait, that's right. I wasn't supposed to mention your body, right? Some shit like that because you know how they are. When that happens, that's actually when the boundary comes into place. That's the moment where you decide how you will behave given that this person is not honoring and respecting your request and your boundaries. So the boundary can look like getting up from the table and excusing yourself and leaving. It can look like going to the bathroom. It can look like disengaging and not saying anything back. The reason I'm not mentioning like actually telling them again and, and, and having an argument about it with them is because often... And this is, this is how it was for me. I used to think that setting the boundary was saying the thing and then they do it. And if they don't do it, then I have to get into a whole argument to get them to start doing it. And the problem with that is that's not a boundary. That's me trying to control somebody else's behavior. I can't control somebody else's behavior and neither can you. You won't be able to prevent someone from saying something that's going to be disrespectful. Ideally, they wouldn't, and they would have the insight and the self-reflection and the filter to not do something like that because it's hurtful and it's not, it's just not okay. When somebody else decides to act like a fool, the only thing you can control is what you do. It's really up to you what, what, what you do. And keep in mind, and I want to I wanna be very mindful of this, you know, please, please be safe. I am very aware that some abusive people are fucking dangerous and Maybe getting up from the table or even saying something back is just not safe for you. So please, please, please take care of yourself and your safety needs to come first. When it comes to these gatherings, I I almost want to say, you know, this is not about taking them on. This is about keeping yourself as safe as you can. And that being said, I'll go into the next few tips for you. If the inner child work framework is something that resonates for you and if it doesn't you can think about it from your prefrontal cortex um, and your amygdala try not to butcher it this time prefrontal cortex being like your inner adult and your amygdala or emergency smoke alarm system being your inner child don't bring your inner child with you to the gathering 
or don't bring your amygdala <laughs> and then your amygdala is there and the inner child is technically there too but but like really visualize this this was very helpful for me or it has been very helpful for me in the past you want to bring your most mature and fortified self to the gathering and one thing you can do is imagine dropping off your inner child with someone safe and for me that looks sometimes like <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna say this here <laughs> can look like some of my most beloved friends my chosen family and sometimes I picture like all like my my me and, and my my chosen family and our kiddos like they're all staying with like Dr. Ramani or like Patrick Tehan or Dr. Ingrid Klein. <laughs> And these people don't know. They don't know. But I, I legitimately like, picture my inner kid like, okay, you're going to hang out with Ingrid today and you're going to be okay. You're going you're gonna to sing and you're going to dance <laughs> and you're going to have a good time and watch The Mandalorian and you can watch anything you want. You can watch any holiday movies and I will be back for you and in a few hours and try to like really imagine that, that younger part that, that still holds on to them changing, that still holds on to getting it right this year. That point needs to stay home. That point needs to stay with someone that you trust. You know, vi- visualize that. So so you can go in there feeling a little bit more empowered. Another thing that you might find helpful is you almost want to reverse the eggshells. What that means is they don't have to like the boundaries that you're setting. Like if they want to make a big deal that they can say horrible things about other groups of people or other minorities or, or whatever and and they almost make it like I can't believe we can't talk about that this year because so and so is here like, I want to tell you if you're reversing their eggshells this year and they start acting like you're the one being unreasonable because now they can freely speak about all these horrible things they used to say that's okay <laughs> they shouldn't be saying that shit anyway to be honest <laughs> and it's 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 fine it's fine that they're walking on eggshells for you this year if if that's what ends up happening because and here's the thing when you are setting boundaries with yourself um one thing you i recommend you do or that i invite you to do is you know try to really stick to it because if you let's just say the boundary is you're gonna get up and go and you actually don't it's going to actually reinforce their behavior they know that if they actually push far enough you're gonna cave in anyway and nothing's happening there's not gonna be any consequences for them and that and that actually might end up hurting in the long run more because it will make it harder for you to to really show up to these things and and to to honor yourself if you're going to the gatherings also expect that the triggers are gonna come and if anything uh, expect for the triggers to be a little bit tougher this year especially if this is your first gathering since you've started healing and and getting this information under your belt and one way you can go about this if you know especially if the the people that you're with are not very safe and maybe getting up is not an option for you and and I want to offer you something too Dr. Ramani has this thing called the narcissist bingo and I also heard another survivor talk about this once I just I I love this idea and you can call it bingo with the Grinch too (laughs) that works so this is something you do internally. Please don't tell them. Please don't yell bingo. Please don't let them know. <laughs> that might that might defeat the purpose and, and infuriate them. This is something you do internally. Every time they say something, I guess we can't talk about how much so-and-so gained weight this year. Are they going to leave? Or whatever the heck they say. Make a note to yourself. And you get to five or, you know, you, you can pick whichever number you'd like. Once they get to the fifth one or the sixth one, in your mind, bingo. And that means you get to give yourself something, a gift to yourself. It could be a massage. It could be a, a meal at your favorite restaurant. It can even be, I'm going to watch an extra hour of TV tomorrow night. Anything that is for you, like a little gift to yourself. And it can kind of make it into one of those things where like once they've done like four annoying things, you're almost like, you know what, just do, do one more so I can get at least a free massage out of this. It kind of makes it into something a little bit more palpable for you and you get a reward from it. Because quite frankly, on, honestly, they should be fucking paying for the massage. <laughs> Ideally, they would be paying for whatever the heck the reward is. But we're not going to wait for them to do that. <laughs> Instead, we're going to give it to ourselves. And that's okay. Plan it out. Have an exit plan. Have a backup plan. Really think about it. The more you plan it, the more 
the more contingency alternatives you have, the more empowered you will be, the less stuck you will feel. One of the things that gets very challenging is if you don't have any other option and you just feel like you're now stuck with this person for five days. Try to see if you can ask someone if you if you can stay with them if things go south. Uh, drive separately if needed. That way, if something happens, you know, you can leave and, you know, it doesn't affect anybody else because you are carpooling together. Like you can just get in your car and leave um, if that's available to you, of course. Also have bookends. I like the idea of having something to do for yourself to prepare for the interaction and something for after the interaction, like a palate cleanser, a way of like getting your nervous system ready for what's coming because this this stuff is very triggering and your nervous system is going to clock it in so any little bit that you can do like honestly a little goes a long way like bring your warmest coat like honestly if if they're really acting up i i think walking in the cold is going to feel better than being in the warmth with someone who's abusive and quite frankly if it's cold then they probably won't want to walk with you so that'll give you a little bit of a buffer also it doesn't have to be outside in the cold. Go to the bathroom as many times as you need to. I've I've totally hidden the bathroom before. And I'm going to be honest, I, I have my issues with my stomach. And even if I didn't have them, you know, I don't I don't care if they criticize how much time I am in the bathroom. I bathroom is a, <laughs> it's a safer place sometimes in the living room, depending on who's where, right? And if they make a big deal out of how many times you go to the bathroom, they're going to make a big deal out of everything anyway so might as well you know have some time to yourself in the bathroom and and take a break and and a breather from from the nonsense i want to transition more into like the neutral tips for you know this this is going to apply for any situation whether you go you don't go you change your mind expect an emotional hangover your your inner child is going to have magical thinking about how the gathering will be if you're going on your own, you will have a lot of memories probably come up and it's, it's just going to be a heavy day. And if you expect it, it shocks you a little bit less and you can also prepare for it. Like no matter what you do, I invite you to plan out some nourishing activities for yourself. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be hundreds of dollars of self-care Something where you're giving yourself what you might not be getting from from some of the people that you might be around this this holiday season. Allow and welcome grief. This is a tough time of the year. Honestly, like the <laughs> thinking about that song that says it's the most wonderful time of the year. To me, it's like it's the most stressful time of the year because it is. It's so fucking stressful. Like this is not a cheery time necessarily for a lot of people. And I, I'm going to gonna throw my hat on the pile. It's not a cheery time for me this year. And that's okay. That's so okay. In a world where we're so pressured to be jolly, happy, and just cheery all the time. You know, and this is coming from the bubbly person. Sitting with grief during this time can feel so shameful. When the whole world is almost like setting this expectation of you but you you have to be happy it's, it's christmas time it's holiday time and i'm gonna say it to you and i'm saying this to myself too you're doing nothing wrong by feeling grief if that is what's coming up for you i'm right there with you and you know what grief doesn't know that it's christmas time grief doesn't know that it's holidays grief doesn't understand <laughs> that oh i should be happy for two weeks now no, that's not how it works. It will come. And if it does, I I invite you to welcome it, to allow it, and to let it be and accept it without judgment or as with with the least amount of judgment <laughs> possible. I know that's that can be very hard too. And and that's okay. If if you're judging it, you can notice that too. And not change it and not force it and not shame yourself for it. And again, I'm talking to myself too on that one because I, I know I do that too. And I'm, I'm going to try to work on that this year. Regardless of what you do, if you are home alone or if you are at a gathering, have something to look forward to. At one point, pick a time. It doesn't have to be a whole day. Maybe that's not available to you. A few minutes. 
something that you can look forward to. It can be your favorite chocolate that's waiting for you to unwrap it and enjoy it. It's going to take a few seconds or a few minutes and that's all you have. A little goes a long way. One thing I want anyone listening to leave with is I want to give you permission to gift yourself protection from abuse this year. And that can look like many things, you know, that can happen in the gathering by you walking into the other room. That can look like you staying at home or or going somewhere else this year. That can look like changing your mind. And this probably will be the last reference I'll make to the movie. You know, Martha May rejected Augustus. Like, you can change your mind. You can agree to the gathering and change your mind the day before and say, actually, I, I'm not going to be able to make it this year. And I want, I want you to know that that can be an option. If it's available to you, sometimes like we need to hear that. Sometimes we don't even think that that can be <laughs> in the cards. Like, wait, I can do that? It's like, yes, yes, you can. You can. If it's, if it's available to you and it's something that you want to do and you're able to do it, um, I'm giving you permission to change your mind at any point. And that can even be an hour into the event. You can go for an hour. And if it doesn't feel right to you anymore, I want to offer you the possibility of considering changing your mind. Because sometimes like even just like thinking about changing our minds can sound pretty overwhelming. So I want to offer you the beauty and the gift of bridge statements, which is considering the possibility of filling the blank. So, you know, for you, it could be like considering the possibility of leaving an hour early, considering the possibility of texting them the day up and say that you're actually not feeling well and you're not going to be able to make it, considering the possibility of creating a new tradition, considering the possibility of seeing holidays in a different way. Along the lines of that, try not to overdo it. It doesn't have to be the perfect holiday. Uh, One thing that I struggle with and that was wrecked for me a lot was the idea of having like the perfect special day. So carry this with me, this fear that I'm going to ruin the holiday, ruin the day and the, the month or the thing. And I invite you to let go of that pressure to ruin it. We are all responsible for our experience and two things can be true. Heck, I, I know I've talked a lot about, you know, how um, it's okay to feel grief and, you know, maybe you don't feel cheery. But And if you're listening to this and and you are actually happy and cheery and joyful and the idea of, of the holiday coming up is something that just brings you joy and excites you, I'm fucking happy for you. <laughs> you absolutely have all the right to enjoy that too and that's great two things can be true some of us can be having a tough holiday and some of you might be having a the best one you've had in in many years and if that's the case you enjoy it boo honestly i'm sure for me in the future i'll have a fantastic holiday the one year and some of you might not be and multiple things can be true i i don't want anybody to be leaving this thing feeling shame if you feel one way or another i want you to be accepting and and hold space for whatever you feel right now or that day and that's completely okay one thing that I'm gonna try to do this year that I heard um, Patrick Tehan talk about is like trying to not just get through the holidays but to find a way to make it my own and find some moments of joy there because um, it can be very easy to for me personally to fall into the the depression and the grief of it and if it comes up I won't judge it and I'll accept it and I will also hold space for the possibility that I could feel grief in the morning and joy in the afternoon and maybe a little bit of both in the evening and I'm gonna do my best this year to be as as mindful as I can to not just give up on it without even living the day not not going into it with the pressure that it needs to be perfect, but also not going into it with, oh, it's going to be shit and it doesn't matter what happens. Like the best news can come that day and it won't matter. Like I, I want to go into it open-minded and welcome whatever, whatever happens, honestly. So uh, it's going to get <laughs> it's a long episode. <laughs> oh, my. oh my gosh, this is going to be a long episode. Ah! 
<laughs> a few few less things oh my gosh i just freaking the fuck out <laughs> it's gonna be long okay probably should start wrapping this up so i want to offer you a few resources especially for those of you that are getting ready this might be your first holiday or even in past holidays you have struggled with finding uh, resources to help you uh, get some tools to help you navigate this time. So I just learned a few days ago, I was hearing a, an interview that Patrick Tehan did on his podcast with Nate Postlewaite. I hope I'm not butchering his last name. Uh, but Nate was talking about a free holiday survival guide webinar that he he's offering through his website. And I haven't done it yet. So I cannot vouch for it. However, that's going to be one of the things I'm going to be doing during the holiday season. I'm going to be checking this out. So I will share the link for that for anyone interested and in looking for something that is free. Dr. Ramani Durvasula has a compilation video in her YouTube channel where uh, they kind of like combine videos she's done uh, through through her channel about holidays. And I'm going to be linking that one as well because her focus is on navigating holidays with narcissistic people. And lastly, Patrick Tehan also has a video on mental health tips for the holidays. And I will say that I use Ramani's and Patrick's uh, videos when I was doing the survival guide last year when I did the film club, which is a lot of the stuff that I'm sharing with you today. So you will hear some of the stuff I've mentioned already, but they go into much deeper detail. And again, a free video on YouTube and I will link to it. And one thing I will say as you're, as you're going through this content, including this podcast, remember you can take what serves you and leave the rest. So I hope you find these resources helpful and that they help make your holiday season a little bit easier and gentler. In this week's healing invitation, I want to invite you to create a new tradition for this holiday season. This can be an activity for you or for your inner child or both. And this can become something that you do yearly, like maybe you discover a new movie and every year you watch it. Or it can be a webinar or a YouTube video that you revisit yearly around this time to get ready. Even this podcast episode, a new game, holiday reflection, Remember that a little can go a long way. It can be something that you do on your own or with your safe people. Perhaps a tradition can be doing a virtual game night with your friends or with people that, that are going on this journey with you. It can be something as simple or as involved as you want to make it. But what I invite you to do as you reflect on how to do this or what you want to do Try to think about something that is nourishing for you and something that feels good for your nervous system. Please let me know how this week's healing invitation goes if you choose to accept it. Before we wrap up this episode, all music and production is courtesy of yours truly. Also, I want to share a few ways you can help support this podcast. You can subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or the platform you are using to listen. Share this episode with anyone you can think can benefit from this content. Follow Hello Trauma Brain on Instagram with the handle at Hello Trauma Brain. Subscribe to the Hello Trauma Brain YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to be the first to know when I post a new episode. And you can make a donation by getting me a coffee through the official bio site. No worries, all links will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found this episode helpful. I wish you the best as you navigate this holiday season. And again, if you are having a joyful time, I'm so happy for you and enjoy it. If you're having a grief filled season, that's okay too. Probably going to be me in a few days too. And that's okay. I want you all to know that I'm so grateful for you. I cannot even put into words how amazed I am that you are listening and supporting this podcast. 
And I will be talking to you again next week. But in the meantime, I really hope you have a gentle holiday and take good care of yourselves. It is time for our farewell affirmations. You are welcome to repeat after me. I am enough. I am lovable. And I deserve to heal. I wish you a gentle week and thank you for listening. Thank you.